I believe you want to be bolder and stronger and more resilient and more the person that you dream of when you think of yourself. I believe you want to be all those things. And uh, we want to help you get there. Hey, friends, my name is Gabe Kolstad, and I'm from Westside Community Church. I'm following up today from our weekend teaching at Westside. We were talking about the cure for your troubled heart, and I dove into a subject about spiritual practices. You know, just like your physical vitality, just like your physical development or physical growth, your spiritual life does not grow by randomness. It grows because you decide that you want to make some intentional improvement, that you decide you want to go down an intentional path. And really, it's all about developing a few simple practices. So I want to talk to you about what those practices are today, what they look like, and how you could actually move down the path that you want to go, you know, becoming that person that's stronger and more sensitive and more uh, alert and more able to take on new challenges and more tuned in to a relationship with your creator, you know, more available to the people that love you and that you love, to be that person, if you want to build your spiritual confidence in life, you want to really develop that, then uh, let's, let's develop those practices. You know, the first followers of Jesus, as the scripture records in Acts chapter 2, um, they had some practices, and they were not complicated. That's one of the things I love when, whenever we look back in history at who Christians were, who the followers of Jesus were, you know, people who were truly spiritual that absolutely cared about the, the relationship they had with God and the relationship they had with one another and the impact they left in the world. Those people became those people because they had a, a connection with God that was really vibrant and vital, and they had this confidence about them. You know, they didn't back down when there were challenges. Um, they were winsome. They they loved people genuinely, and despite the fact that their message was kind of counterculture, uh, they still had amazing influence in the city, and in fact, turned the, the city of Jerusalem upside down because of all this. How do you become that kind of person? And, uh, you know, you might be thinking about, well, maybe I'm not going to turn the city of Jerusalem upside down, but I'd like to turn my family upside down. You know, I'd like to I'd like to make a positive dent in my workspace or in my neighborhood, in my community, or at my school. Uh, how do you do that? Well, we're going to look for just a minute at some practices today that come out of Acts chapter 2. Before we do that, I want to just tell you the story about my grandpa. I called him Papa. His name was Charles. This is my mom's dad. And, you know, he was a guy that had a some kind of experience with God at some point early in his life. I think he would have called himself a Christian. But if you knew him as an adult, I don't think you would have called him a Christian. As his grandson, I had talked to him a number of times about his faith, but more times than that, I had witnessed the complete hypocrisy of his life. He was an abusive drunk, and his life never made the impact that maybe he dreamed of when he was a kid. Maybe in those younger years of six and seven and eight years old, before he started drinking at eight years old, maybe there was a moment of sincerity in his faith. But it was never followed up with lifestyle. It was never followed up with real intentionality about growing in his faith. And so he wreaked untold havoc in the life of my grandmother and my mother, and our whole family, you know, and and there's that possibility that if we don't watch where we go, any of us could end up down a path like that. So the difference 
would be let's build some spiritual practices that develop the character and the confidence in the personhood that we all really want in our lives. The idea here is you got one life, I've got one life. We need to make the most of it. And we got to have a strategy for everything. We need to have a strategy for our finances, for our physical growth. We also need a strategy for our spiritual growth. In the the, uh, scriptures in Acts chapter 2, they had a strategy for how they were going to follow Jesus, and it was God-given. And it says in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. And if you look at those practices, it just lists out four. The apostles' teaching, that would be like, for us, we would have, we have the scripture now. It's all been recorded. You know, God gave scripture to us as a book of guidance, as a love letter for us to read and to follow. And it says they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. That was a practice, a spiritual practice. It says, They were devoted to fellowship. That's the idea of community, of coming together around others who are following Jesus for comradeship. I think I just made that word up. For the idea that we're not in this alone, that we're better together. And, you know, that place where you can say, I know somebody and somebody knows me, that place where sometimes you have that me too moment where you realize someone else is struggling with the same thing you're struggling with, or someone else has struggled with the thing you're struggling with, and you could go to them for advice, that's called community. And it's one of the gifts that that Christ has given to the church and to the world, a place to belong and to become better together. It says they were devoted to sharing in meals. What is that spiritual practice? I love that one. <laughs> if that's all it took to grow spiritually, man, I would be like a super Christian. I'd be like a spiritual superhero sharing in meals. Uh, you know, I think if you break it down, there's a few things that come to mind of what was that spiritual practice? Well, it was a practice of hospitality for one thing, of making space for people to have fellowship, of, you know, creating that environment where the magic can happen, you know, where people can have a conversation, where people can share maybe a, a thought or a prayer, a need, a prayer request, um, something that is important to them, their story, you know? That's sharing in meals. Uh, Another thing is uh, the idea of serving, that you would say, man, in that place, there's this exercise of giftedness because sharing in meals is important. And we all know who's the most important person in the room, the person who cooked the food or brought the food. You know, there's this idea we serve one another. You know, serving is such a big part of growing spiritually. If you're not exercising what God placed in you, whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, the truth is God has placed giftedness in you. And if you're not exercising it, it's frustrating because you don't feel connected to your overall purpose in the universe. Why are you here? You're here to make a difference. And sometimes in those sharings of meals, you know, these days we go like, okay, who's going to send out the Evite? You know, who's going to set up the tables and the chairs? And who's going to, you know, we got all these different places. That's symbolic in some ways of going, how do we do life together in such a way that requires us to give something back? Because when we give something back in serving, we grow. And others grow because we've given. It's just a beautiful cycle. So there are these things that they did. The fourth practice that they mentioned in that verse was prayer. They were devoted to prayer. So they had these things they did. And as a result, their movement exploded. Their lives grew so strong and so powerful. And against all odds, they they turned the city of, of Jerusalem upside down with the good news of Jesus. 
not with some evil campaign, not with force or violence or, you know, any kind of mean thing. They were out there loving people in such a forceful and powerful and undeniable way that it changed an entire city. We want to see that happen in, in our city. You probably want to see that happen in your environment, in, in just seeing something positive take hold and move things forward. And so I, I just want to pick on a couple of more of those things. In verse 45 of Acts chapter 2, it says, they sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. And then verse 46 says, they worshiped together at the temple each day met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. In verse 47 of Acts chapter 2, which by the way is the very beginning of what we now call the church, Acts chapter 2, it says, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people, and each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. In other words, other people were saying, I want to be in that group. I want to be a part of that movement. I want to be connected to Jesus. I believe in Jesus. So what was happening is, just to add three more practices on, they practiced generosity. This idea that they were like totally giving away um, so that other people could benefit. Uh, The Apostle Paul often talks about the idea of giving for equality. Not equal giving, but equal sacrifice. The idea that one person shouldn't be poor while another one has excess, at least not in the family of God. And The Bible says so much about if you have the power to do something for somebody else, do it because God has given us that ability. And so the idea of generosity here is we're sharing back into the world, not just inside the church, but even outside the church that we're sharing. And generosity is a spiritual practice that does change your spiritual character and strength. It strengthens you to give away. It says they worship together. You know, that's the idea of coming together in a larger group to, to go, and in those days, it was a very, very large group in the temple courts. Some say up to 100,000 people gathered for worship. And so they worshiped together in this place where they could be challenged by the words of scripture, in this place where they could express their own love for God, in this place where they could meet others and share in common things like singing you know, and like celebration. They worship together. And then it says that they shared their faith. They were constantly on the go with expansion. They expanded. So there's these things that happened in the lives of those people. It's not by accident that that was one of the most powerful movements in the history of the world. It's not by accident that those people were so resilient that they made it through all sorts of trials and troubles and still had hope in their life. And so if you want to build your spiritual confidence it's time to make it systematic. It's time to go, okay, let's get serious about this thing of having some spiritual practices. And I want to pick on one just to dive into a little bit deeper because by the numbers, the research says, recent research uh, done by the, the Reveal study of half a million people over the course of 10 years uh, it, that were following Jesus, people that were people of faith, this study revealed that the number one way people grow in their faith, of all those things I listed, the number one way is interacting with Scripture. The most catalytic thing you could do to strengthen your character, to build your spiritual confidence, is to interact with Scripture. And some of us go, well, okay, so where do I begin? I get that question all the time as a pastor, like, oh my gosh, this Bible, where do I start reading it, right? How do I do this? 
And I want to just kind of break it down and demystify it with you for a second, because it's so important that we do this. The Bible does say in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, that faith, which is that unshakable belief in God, comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In other words, it is when we get God's word, the truth of scripture, into our hearts and we understand it, we assimilate it, we apply it, and it comes out in our life. That is what produces faith. So if we want to grow in faith, we need to grow in this interacting with scripture. We know in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, the Bible says, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. So it is, it is your mind that is the beginning of all this transformation. And that requires us to expose our minds to the truth of God's word. And then, you know, where we see differences, we align our mind and our life back to the center point of what God's word is teaching. That's how we're transformed. That's how we get spiritual confidence. Uh, So I want to just break this down a little bit and ask you to do a couple of things differently. Try something new for seven days, and that is this. Schedule it. So find a time and say on your calendar, this is when I'm going to read my Bible or I'm going to interact with Scripture. This this is the time I'm going to do it. Set aside maybe 15 minutes and go like, okay, I know I already have to get up early, but I'm going to add an earlier 15-minute start, and I'm going to get up. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna do this for seven days. I'm just gonna try it. Just try this for seven days and see if your whole life won't lift when you do this. So schedule it as the first thing. Then secondly, have a process. I'm gonna teach you this process in just a second uh, because this has been so helpful for me. I've been using this for years and years. This is a process that I learned from a guy named Wayne Cordero, who's a pastor in Hawaii. He wrote a book called The Divine Mentor. If you're Uh, into reading books, you ought to get that book and read it. It's absolutely fantastic. He teaches just a simple daily process that he uses called SOAP, like a bar of soap, S-O-A-P. And the S stands for scripture. This idea that you go, I'm going to read, you know, a a portion of scripture. And and then I'm going to um, write out whatever catches my attention. Now, I want to challenge you not to be too random on this. You don't just grab your Bible if you're using a paper Bible one day and, and flip it open and and just like close your eyes and, you know, flip the pages and put your finger down and go like, okay, that's what I'm going to read today. Have like a plan for this. Have a plan and a process. Maybe your process would be, I'm going to go to the Bible app and I'm going to get on a reading plan based on the needs in my life right now. Because if you get, if you download the Bible app, you can just actually search plans for whatever. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it is uh, fear. Maybe it is, you know, depression, anger. Whatever you're thinking, why don't you get on a reading plan that actually is going to speak to you? There's seven-day reading plans. You could pick one of those. And then every day that you read scripture, you find something that stands out to you and you write it out. Maybe you're like me and you're going to type it out on an iPad or a computer or something or write it out in a journal. But that's the scripture piece. S stands for scripture. So you find something that speaks to you and you write out that verse. The O stands for observation. And this is so important. This gets you past the, the, the shallow, okay? This gets past the surface level of scanning through the Bible and saying that we don't understand it, but actually not putting any effort into it. This puts the effort into it. The question is, what do you observe from that passage? For instance, I said uh, in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says, truth comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know, you can, you can ask yourself the question, what, what, what do I observe from that? You know, it says faith, not truth. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith comes. What does that mean? It's not automatic. That's an observation from that verse. You can just start asking yourself questions like, well, what does that mean? You can put your observations down. You write them out. You know, you record them somewhere because then you can go back and look at them. And if you do this for seven days, I'm telling you, your whole life is going to start to lift because 
You're in a different mindset. You know, you're putting your energy into something different. And it can only take 15 minutes out of your day. That'll change your whole life. The A of SOAP stands for application. And the question would be, how do I apply this to my life? You know, what's this thing I observe? What's this observation I had? Well, faith isn't automatic. It comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Okay, application. Okay, I got to apply myself more. You know, I'm going to stay on track with the seven-day plan and I'm going to do this every day, no matter what. It will happen. I won't go to bed at night until that is done. And I feel like I understood what I read and I, and I understood what I should apply. I'm not going to go to bed until. That would be an application idea. And so you could write out that application. You might even share that application with somebody in your life and go, hey, here's what I'm learning and here's what I'm going to do about it today. And then the P, you might have already guessed this, stands for prayer. That you could take just a sliver of that time and pray to God about what you're learning, what you're feeling. Do you know... Prayer is not mystical either. I think sometimes what, the best thing we could do for ourselves is go, let's just demystify all of this stuff because religion is not what God is after. It's relationship. So what's prayer? Prayer is talking to God, just like you would a person. Obviously, you want to talk to him with reverence, but we going to talk to him like a real person. You could tell him what you're disappointed about. You could tell him what you're mad about. You could tell him what you wonder about. All of these things God wants us to share with him. And when you're praying through what you're learning, you could say, God, thank you for showing me that you have a plan for my life. Thank you for showing me that I can actually impact my own spiritual confidence. I, I can actually build it by taking part in these spiritual practices. And I want to do it. And so thank you, God. You can just write out that prayer. Just say that to God. You know, it's so simple. And I think God wants these things to be simple. When you start breaking these things down, none of these things are complicated. And it's not really the special powers that these people had. They didn't have any. They, these were common people in Acts chapter two. It's not, they weren't, richer than anybody. They were mostly poor people. They, they weren't, uh, you know, highly educated. No, these were people who had a heart to know God. They had a heart to, for their life to matter. And it was their practices that actually set them apart. And it can set you apart too. That is my hope. I hope that you can take this and go, I'm going to build a stronger week, not just a stronger week. I'm going to build my spiritual confidence so that I can be that resilient person, so that when the next little trial comes in my life, I'm not going to be knocked down by it, so that when someone in my family has a need, I'll have the shoulders that they can lean on, you know, and I can actually make a difference. When that temptation comes, I won't give in to it. I won't be dragged off the path again. I won't, you know, wake up in the morning with filled with regret because I will have made better decisions because I will have had more strength in my heart. That's the people that we want to be. That's the people we can be. And the spiritual practice is going to help you get there. I hope you'll take that this week and run with it. Thanks so much for joining us for the Midweek Motivation episode of the Westside Podcast. I hope that you'll not only take a second right now, if you're watching this on YouTube, to subscribe to this channel and even go in and make a comment. Say hi in the chat. We'd love that. If you're listening on a podcast, go ahead and, and subscribe to the podcast and rate and review it. We'd love for you to do that. Uh, and then the other thing I'd love for you to do is to stop by Westside, the church, uh, Westside Community Church, on a Sunday. In fact, this Sunday is Easter Sunday. If you're not already celebrating at another church this Sunday, we'd love to have, have you celebrate with us. We're having four services this weekend. You can go to westsidecommunitychurch.com to find out all about it. We hope to see you soon.